Welcome to Totalus Rankium. This week, Vespasian. Hello, welcome to Roman Emperor's Totalus Rankium podcast. Ranking all the emperors from Augustus to Augustulus. And I'm Jamie. I'm Rob, and this is episode 10. Episode 10. Episode 10. We are... Uh, ten through. <laughs> yeah, our tenth episode. Hey. Congratulations! Well oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay. I'm sure that will come out brilliantly. On the yeah, trumpet. Mm. Do you know what? I've got a little uh, anecdotal story to tell before we start. Okay, it's nothing to do with emperors, but it's, it's Roman. Okay. Okay, so um, the the head god in ancient Roman times is... Jupiter. Jupiter. And he had a wife called Juno. Yes. Now, the thing about this is, uh, Jupiter was a little bit of a naughty man. Mm. He liked to spread his advantage. <laughs> yeah. And um, have lots of affairs. Yeah. Um, he had an affair with Europa and other, other ones as well. Um, and Juno used to come and try and find these women to try and catch Jupiter out, but Jupiter used to hide them within the clouds. Oh, okay, yeah. And NASA have a fantastic sense of humour, because they've just sent the probe arrived yesterday called Juno to Jupiter, and its job is to look below Jupiter's clouds to see what's hidden underneath. Oh, that's clever. Isn't that fantastic? Someone in NASA has that sense of humour. Who'd have thunk? Oh, that's good. Wow, that's a nice yeah. little story. Yeah, thank you. Celebrate our tenth yeah. episode. It's on at IFL Science. Yeah, I like <laughs> nothing it. to do with Rome, but that that, that is it is Jupiter and Juno. They're, they're Roman. It's all good. Yeah. However, let's now dive into where we are in the timeline. Yeah. Which is the last of the four emperors. The last, yes. In the year of the four emperors. I've really enjoyed this because it's been so intermingled. It's just it. It felt like a spaghetti junction to start with, but it's been alright. I'm glad you say that because. In about half a year's time, when we hit the crisis of the third century, oh. it's going to be like that for a good solid 20-odd episodes. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I, I'm yeah. happy with that. No, I'm looking forward to it. It's the bit of Rome I don't really know, so I'll get to learn lots. Right, so we are doing, as you said, in the intro, Vespasian. So let's begin, but first, let's not start with Vespasian. No. Or in that tent we've been in the last couple of days. I like that tent. Yeah, it was a good tent, but we're not there this week. No, we no. are in a garden. Ooh, picture a tree. A tree. I got a tree. Yeah. Not the one that Livia planted, if you remember. We started with the tree before a few episodes ago. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. A mother noted at the birth of her daughter, a small branch sprouted and then shortly withered away, as oh. they often do in trees. Yeah. Yeah. Then, upon the birth of her first son, the tree sprang forth a mighty branch, strong and good. Ooh, like a solid bit of oak. Yes. And then upon the birth of her second son, a branch sprouted so mighty as to almost become a second tree unto itself. So like an L-shaped tree. Yeah, I I thought that when I read it. It's like tree upright, (laughs) tree to the left. Another tree. Yeah. Trunk. Bit weird, but apparently that happened. Yeah. And the mother looked at the little child called Vespasian and (gasps) hoped for great things. Vespasian, that's the name of the emperor we're learning about today. It is. As you can imagine, the daughter didn't last very long. <laughs> <laughs> no, she died and withered no. away. Right, okay, let's let's go to Vespasian. Let's start with his family first. His family were undistinguished. Yeah. Yes, very much like Otho. Only even more so, you were not expecting 
an emperor to come from his family. The equestrian, um, wasn't it? Yes, he's from an equestrian family, but not even a, a great equestrian family, just a run-of-the-mill. A donkey family rather than a horse family. Yeah, yeah. His grandfather was the first to achieve anything of note, according to Suetonius, because he rose to the rank of centurion and fought <laughs> for Pompey against Julius Caesar. Oh, so he his, his granddad was a soldier. Yeah. A high-up soldier. Okay. On the losing side. Oh. Yeah. Way. Way. Vespasian's father, Sabinus, was a customs official in the Asia province. Customs. So the guy that stands on the, the thing that <laughs> says, anything to declare, sir. That no, person. I have nothing. Is that a camel? <laughs> no yeah. seeds, no unpackaged food, no yeah. pastries. Um, I think a customs official essentially did that, but slightly less with a desk and a long <laughs> queue. Um <laughs> He was apparently such an honest man, and he collected the taxes in the area, that the locals put up a statue to him. Oh, so he's fair. Yeah, and it said, to the honest tax farmer, which is a bit of an oxymoron back then, because yeah. all tax farmers were, they just stole your money. Like, yeah, yeah. So, so apparently, good old dad, he was honest. Oh, good. Like Sabinus, that is dad, married a woman called Vespasia, and they had three children. I've already hinted to them. The daughter did not last long, Aww. hence the withered branch. But the two sons lived, and they are called Sabinus, again another Sabinus, and Vespasian. Yeah, they, they like to do this thing where they name the child like the father. I mean, I mean, that's a pretty common thing in our history, but Vespasia to Vespasian. Yeah, and it's interesting that it's usually the father's name, mm. but Vespasia is the mother's name. But maybe she's named after her grandfather or something. Yeah, or -grandfather. well, yeah, Perhaps. she would have been, because all the women in that family would have been called Vespasia. So maybe after the, her dad. Yeah, I'm guessing so. See, I worked it out myself. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Right, I see you've drawn in your notes there. Just little smiley faces representing each son. Good, right, okay. <laughs> right, so, Vespasian was born on the 17th of November, 9 CE. So we know more about him then than Vitellius, because we didn't. We were quite unsure about his birthday, weren't we? Yeah, there were a co couple of suggestions, but we're back on firm footing here. So, this is in the last few years of Augustus's reign. He is the last emperor to have been alive during the reign of the first emperor. Oh, oh, uh, Augustus. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, v Vitellius was... Or Galba was as well. Yeah, Galba was as well, so Vespasian's getting on in age when he becomes the emperor. So similar to Galba. In yeah, similar to Galba. Old. In a similar way, as he grows up, he passes through the reign of all the other emperors. Yeah, so he's... After this, no more mention of Augustus. No one will have been alive during Augustus's lifetime. Aww. We have officially gone through a generation. Aww. Okay, his elder brother was doing really well for himself. Sabi Sab Sabinus. Sir Sabinus. Yeah, he was doing really well. He he went out. He was that typical older sibling who just did everything perfectly whilst you looked at them and just went, I hate you. Yeah, I'm so jealous. Yeah. So Vespasian's mum really wanted Vespasian to follow in Sabinus's footsteps, but Vespasian wasn't so sure he wanted to. He didn't want to climb up the Cursus Honorum. The Cursus Honorum is... Um, the different levels of political success you go through. Okay. Yes. So you start off with being an Adal and you end up being the consul. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so, he... so whereabouts is Sabinus in this? Sabinus has just started on the lowest rungs, but he's getting somewhere and he might actually become a patrician Ooh. at some point, which his family have never managed before. Yeah, he's, so... he's probably the golden star of the family. Yeah, the exactly. So he is. He'd die soon, doesn't he? <laughs> Um, you already know when he dies, if you remember the last episode. 
You may have forgotten that. Yes. Oh, come a surprise this week then. Oh, yes, he sends his brother, doesn't he? And they kill his brother. Yes. Yes, do. this is him. Yeah, this is him, yes. So he outranks his own brother. So good things are in store. Yes, oh, brilliant. Sorry. Right. Sorry, spoiler. <laughs> so, um, Vespasian's mother keeps badgering him, saying things like he'd become his brother's footman if he isn't careful. Because Ooh. Sabinus is going on to great things. Vespasian's just lounging around, eating olives, not doing much. So eventually he goes, oh, fine. I'll go and make a success of myself. <laughs> if I have to. Yeah. In the late 20s, not his late 20s. Yeah. The late 20s. Did. 20 BC. CE. CE. He served in the military for about three years in Thrace. Oh. So Thrace, in case you don't know, go up Italy and then go right a bit. Okay, so near sort of um, where... It's the Balkan region. Okay. Yeah. So he hangs around there, does some military service. Then he gets back in the 30 CE, and he obtained a lowly government position under Tiberius. Oh. So he's, he's starting to get on the wrong. He was in charge of keeping the streets clean. Oh, yes. Not in uh, a kind of hard-boiled kind of detective way. No, in a... Here's your brush. Yeah. Off you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That, that was his job, so. Okay, uh, does he get like a golden brush though? Because he's, you know, up the scales. Is it just like a, a nice wooden one? I don't know. I think a, an ornamental golden one, probably. He keeps on his fireplace or something. Yeah. Not that he probably have a fireplace, because why would you in Italy? No, but maybe you built one to put his room up of. Yeah. Yeah. First recorded case, you heard it here. Yeah. So around this time, he gets married <laughs> to someone called Flavia Domitilla. Okay. Who was obviously impressed with his golden broom. <laughs> and in 39, they had a daughter called Domitilla. Yeah. Domitilla. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she dies at some point before 69. Ah, oh, so We're not within, really within sure 30 when. years, she's dead. Basically. Yeah, she's dead within 30 years. Again, you can decide when. Uh, I'll let you know. Okay. Right. At this point, Caligula is now in charge. Yay. Yay. And Fun one. Vespasian manages to get elected as Aedile. So that is the mm. lowest rung of the political ladder, where you're in charge of restoration of buildings and organising games and stuff. He didn't get elected on his first attempt. It took him a couple of attempts, and he came last, but he was elected. Right. He, okay. Yeah, he started. So does he have... I don't want to ruin his surprise or anything, but does, does, is he starting to get more popular? Does he have, is he quite good at talking or something? Cause yeah, he's... Does he get voted in? He's got to be good at something. Yeah, but a lot of people get voted in at this level. If you've yeah. got the money, which his family now do. Uh, Nothing special so far, at all, no, all to right. mark him out. Um, at one point, Caligula is said to have scooped up some muck from a street and shoved it down his toga to indicate that he had not done his previous job properly. Ooh. Which, uh, apparently, he laughed off. You'd have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Emperor, that's so funny. Don't so funny. Don't make me eat it. Yeah. <laughs> He then managed to become a praetor. That's the next wrong up. Ooh. So he's, he's climbing that ladder. He is. At the age of 30 in 40 CE. Ooh. And he suggested to Caligula that they had some games to celebrate the emperor's victory in Germany. Oh, is that where he defeated all those hordes and barbarians yeah. that were his own soldiers? Yeah, and that the general campaign where he built, beat the Shell Army as well. Oh, of course, yes. So Vespasian wants to hold some games to celebrate yes. that. Uh, General Corral, what do you what do you think about that? If you've not seen General Corral on our Facebook page, look him up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, obviously, this either shows he was a bit of a suck-up at the time, or he was crazy, or 
he just wanted to do anything to stop Caligula from executing yeah. him. Surviving the fittest, isn't it? Yeah. At one point, he was invited to dinner with Caligula. Oh, that is poor wife. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mention anything apart from the fact that we've got a record of him thanking Caligula for the invitation to dinner. But we know what happened at those dinner parties. Oh, where he took them away and... Yeah. Yeah. Shortly afterwards, they had a son called Titus. Now, there is no suggestion whatsoever in any history book that I've ever seen that Titus is the Ill- illegitimate son of Caligula, but I've, uh, I've, I've, I've heard what happened in those parties. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Is Titus a bit mental? Oh, it's a shame it's not the other son. That would have worked perfectly. <laughs> uh, Titus is actually meant to be quite sane. Uh-huh. But the other son, not so much so. But, yeah, who knows? So Titus is the first son of Vespasian, who I personally think could be Caligula's son for no reason whatsoever. Just the nice juicy story. <laughs> yeah, good juicy story that Excellent. just made up. Well, well, maybe when Trafford writes the, the fourth book, yeah. she can put that in. Put she it could. in. She could. Right. And give us the royalties. <laughs> <laughs> he was then put in charge of a legion called the Augustus Legion II, only in Latin. Um, Probably due to his growing friendship with Narcissus. Narcissus is... Claudius. Claudius is freedman. Yeah. Yeah. So, all of a sudden, he's got this link to the Emperor through the Emperor's freedman. Things are looking really good for Vespasian. Yeah. So, in 43, he takes part in the invasion of Britain. (gasps) So, he goes over with Claudius. Brilliant. Before Claudius and his 16 elephants. Yeah, and his his, uh, navy of uh, killer whales. And his navy of killer whales. And Galba, remember, he went... Oh, oh yeah, he Gal- did. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a big reunion. It well, is. A pre-union. Yeah. So, although overall command was with Plautius, if you remember, um, yeah. Vespasian was very high up. Um, and generally, he looked after the, the south coast of Britain and invaded the Isle of Wight. Oh. Yes. That must have been very hard. Very tricky. It must have taken all of half a morning. <laughs> yeah, again, American listeners, the Isle of Wight is a tiny little island on our south coast. It's quite nice, though. I mean, it, it takes it takes over an hour to drive across it, but in America, you know, that's an hour's nothing. No. Americans would happily drive like four hours to get a newspaper, I think. Yeah. It's such a big country. <laughs> but Isle of Wight's famous for, um, it's uh, called the, the Needles, which is uh, uh, it's a coastal part where these big bits of rock stick up. And most of them fall over now in the Victorian times. But you can get lots of coloured sand Why there. did they fall over in the Victorian times? Uh, they just did over time. They eroded away. Oh. That happened with the time they fell in. Oh, right, okay. But, um, yeah, there's lots of uh, coloured sand there. It's well known for. You can collect some little bottles. Ah, oh, nice little fact. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, another fact. Vespasian fought 30 battles. Ooh, so nice. he's going to score well, isn't he? Yeah, nice round number there. He scored 30 battles. He didn't say he won 30 battles. <laughs> um, but they won overall. So even if that wasn't all a success, he got the South Coast under yeah. control and he set up his headquarters in Exeter. Oh, my God, my uh, father-in-law lives near Exeter. It's nice. Yeah, okay. You can tell Vespasian's been there. Yeah, he obviously set things in order. Mm, well done. Yeah. During this time, he was injured. Ah. Which lasted for a long time. Um, I couldn't really find out much about his injury. Should we just make something up? Um, yeah, stopped his toe. Oh, I like that. Maybe yeah. it had cramp, really bad calf cramp. Maybe he stubbed his toe on a shell and then got yes. calf cramp. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. I That's mean. what happened. <laughs> okay. So he returns to Rome and he is given triumphal regalia. Ah. Oh. 
So remember... Or the Triumph. You can't get a Triumph unless you're the oh, Emperor. But you can get the T-shirt. Yeah. So he gets his <laughs> Triumph T-shirt and he puts that on with pride, which is fantastic. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. So in 51, he and his wife have a second son called Domitian. Well, it's actually really good they have a son at this time because that's just when their daughter died. Oh, that's a shame. In 51, yeah. Same day? Literally, yeah, as, as as she was dying in the bed next bed. Yeah. Um, the mum was, was giving birth. Oh, wow. There you go. Circle of life. Circle of life. Yeah. There wasn't a lion there, was there? <laughs> Definitely not. That's all right, then. And a, and a talking monkey. Yeah. So around this time, Claudius marries Agrippina. Oh, yes. 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 That's after he said he's never going to marry again. <laughs> yes, it is. And then he does to his niece. Um, and it's also around the time that Vespasian becomes consul. Ooh, that's really high then, isn't it? Yeah, so he's now reached his, his full potential, or at least he thinks what will be his full potential. Um, but it's a very dangerous time to be friends with Narcissus. If you remember, Agrippina and Narcissus despise each they other. They did, yeah. Yes, and eventually Na- Agrippina kills Narcissus off. Oh dear. Yes. So, Vespasian retires at the end of his consulship, oh. um, and he just goes off somewhere, relaxes. Chills out. Learns to paint. Yeah. Don't know what else you do in retirement in Roman times. Look after your farm or something, I suppose. Yeah, but you didn't grow very much. You didn't have potatoes, enough tomatoes. Olives. They're carrots, but they were purple. Were they? Yeah, they didn't have orange carrots, aren't they? Why? I don't know. It's, it's a genetic mutation. It's like how I, I, it's probably done. You know, as they were trying to, as they were growing them, and they were changing. Like we do sweet corn. Sweet oh. corn's basically like grass, wheat. It's just been changed oh, over see. time. I do vaguely remember hearing that carrots are only recently orange. Mm. And oranges as well, they used to be green. But the Romans wouldn't have known that. No. And they didn't have a word for the colour orange either. No. It's like the Greeks, they called everything bronze, didn't they? The sky was bronze, not green. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he thought about this during his retirement. This is what he he discussed. Probably just sat around with his son discussing this, whilst his son kept saying, I want to go out. (laughs) So, he's enjoying his retirement. At some point around now, his wife dies. Ah, oh. Yeah, so goodbye wife. In 63, however, so this is a good 12 years later, he comes out of retirement. Yeah. Agrippina's dead by this point. She's been sunk on a boat and then stabbed. <laughs> yeah. So it's free for him to come back. This is Nero now, isn't this it? This is now Nero. So he was sent by Nero to rule the African province. Right. Tastus says that he was infamous and odious during this time. Oh, so people didn't like him. Yeah. But Suetonius said he was upright and highly honourable at this time. So he wasn't light, but he's doing his job. Mm, yeah, possibly. possibly. He was pouted with turnips. We do know that. <laughs> <laughs> at least he wasn't radished. Yeah, this is literally all we've got for this period. At some point <laughs> during a riot, someone threw some turnips at him. That's fantastic. Yeah. Do you think it's from above or like, you know, a missile sign effect? They're, they're perfectly shaped for, for throwing projectile. Turning. Yeah, they are. I, I'd like to think it was balanced on top of a door. <laughs> so when he walked through, all the turnips fell on top of him. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. So someone played a prank on him with turnips. Yeah. Got a turnip while in he was, his eye. Yeah, while he was in Africa. He didn't make any money from the province. Oh, because normally they stole and looted. Ah, and, yes, yes. And well, pillaged, I remember. Yeah, that was the way. You go to a province after you've been the consul and you reap all the money you possibly can. You go back and you live wealthily for a while. Yeah, have a second retirement. Yeah, but he he didn't make any money because he was like his father, the honest tax collector. So he had to think of other things. 
So I'm going to quote here. It is certain that he came back none the richer, for his credit was so nearly gone that he mortgaged all his estates to his brother, and had to resort to trading in mules to keep his position, whence he was commonly known as the Muleteer. <laughs> the Muleteer. <laughs> yeah, that was now his nickname, the Muleteer. Because he's got rid of all his money, all he has left to trade is mules, donkey things. Yeah. That's, that's really sad. Yeah. That's, but that explains, you know, he wasn't part of the equestrian family, he's lower than that, so he had donkeys. And... Well, he was equestrian, he just wasn't a well, high equestrian. Yeah, because he had yeah. mules today, horses. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so he's struggling at this point. His oh. brother is still doing better than him because he's got all the money, so he has to apply to his own brother, which must have, must have yeah. stuck in the throat slightly. What's his brother been doing during this time? Because he's gone quiet, hasn't he? Didn't yeah, his his brother had a very successful political career himself. Mm. Oh, yeah. So throughout Vespasian's life, he's pretty much just following in his brother's footsteps. Oh, really? So his brother became consul before he did. Oh, yeah. that's painful. That is. But he didn't come emperor, though, did he? No, he didn't. So Vespasian comes back to Rome, just in time to be dragged along on Nero's tour of Greece. Oh, yeah. Do you remember Nero went around Greece taking part in all the games... And winning all the competitions. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. One day, <laughs> Vespasian fell asleep during one of Nero's recitals. Remember those ones that lasted nine months and people gave birth? Oh, yeah. and Yeah. yeah people died. died and, yeah, it was terrible. Blood all over the floor. Well, <laughs> Vespasian fell asleep in one. Ooh, Ooh yeah. you don't want to do that. That's bad. It did not go you. down well with Nero at all. He was cut out of the Imperial inner circle. Really? Yeah. Vespasian oh. feared for his life and asked... A member of Nero's court where he should go and the man sneered and replied go to Morbovia. Morbovia is a made-up place. So so what do you mean? It just I don't care it was just a way of saying go wherever oh. you're out. Yeah it's not a bit mean. Yeah. Just because he he's, he's old but I still know wasn't he? he, was, he wasn't, yeah he's he getting on. Sprightly. He's getting on and he's he had a bit of a nap. Yeah. And he woke up and obviously thought oh no. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Nero does not look happy. Anyway, Vespasian made a note of that man's name and then went into hiding. Ah, made a note of that man's name. Yes, a mental note. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so, if I ever come for <laughs> the first on my list. Yeah. So he goes into hiding in a little out-of-the-way town. In 66, however, the great Jewish revolt started and Nero needed a strong commander to send to go and squash it. All right. Yeah. So, so where would this have happened? In Judea. That makes sense. That does make sense. That's where the Jews were. Yeah. So... Despite being in Nero's bad books, he was obviously the best choice. Yeah. So he was sent for. I'm not sure how, because he was hiding in this little remote village, but obviously not very well. <laughs> I'm guessing, like, realistically, you just thought, you know, after a while, I thought, it's probably blown over a bit now. Yeah, and, probably. You know, it's not too bad. So Vespasian sets off with his eldest son, Titus, who's now 25 by this point. So Titus is his second in command, and he becomes the governor of Judea. So Titus is now the governor, <clears throat> or no, Vespasian's the governor. Yeah, Vespasian's the governor. It's his province is Judea. Yeah. Although the word province back then didn't mean province how we see it. Province meant a task. So rather than a geographical All right. place, but it became a geographical place. Because it's where you do a task and just yeah. get stuck. Okay. So he went over. His province was to squash the, uh, the revolt. Yeah. Which, unfortunately, meant that he was going to butt heads slightly with the governor of Syria, just to the north, who was called Musianus. Oh, well, sorry, what was he called? Musianus. Yes. So I say that again. Musianus. Musianus. Yeah. 
That's too obvious. I can't. No. <laughs> it's too easy. Too easy. He started to draw supplies from this province, uh, and Mucianus was not happy. But Titus was sent along, and he used his charms, and he managed to get Mucianus on board. And in the end, uh, Mucianus came onto Vespasian's side, and they were good friends. Oh, good. Along with Alexander. Alexander? Yes, he was in charge of Egypt at the time. So you've got these three provinces in the west yeah. with Vespasian, Musianus, and Alexander in charge. And they're all quite close to each other. Mm. And they're quite detached away from Rome, aren't they, really? Yeah, they're quite far away. It's almost like they're a little, little army. They're a yeah. little power. They've all got troops. They've got wealth. They're all on their own over there. Mm. Just when... Everything hits the fan. Because Everything. At this point, it is 68 CD. <gasps> this is what. So this is because uh, in this year, this is when the end of this year is when Galba took over. Yes, right at the end of exactly. the year. Exactly. So as soon as Vespasian heard that Nero was dead, he halted his campaign against the Jewish population. Oh, good. Yes. He then sent Titus to try and woo Galba. Because Vespasian was working for Nero, Galba comes along and Vespasian thinks, oh, Galba's probably not going to keep me in my job. No. But I'm doing quite well at the moment. Yeah. So he sends Titus. Titus just did a good job wooing over Musianus. So he send... <laughs> I'm still laughing at the name. I am, sorry. Um, so send Titus over. Maybe Galba will like him and I can keep my job. That's the hmm. thought. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. But on the way, Titus heard that Galba was dead and that Vitellius and Otho were fighting. So he decides to head back rather than being dragged into a civil war. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Which Vespasian thought was very sensible. Yes. Vespasian, Musianus, and Alexander then decide to declare for Otho. That's good because he was a good emperor. Yeah. Well, he has a certain genesis on. Yes, he does, doesn't he? However, they didn't send any troops. Oh. It was a waiting <laughs> game. They just thought, let's see who wins this, shall we? And then we'll make up our mind. Yeah. Yeah. So when they heard that Vitellius had won, the three governors declared their support for Vitellius. Of course you would. <laughs> and Vitellius said, oh, brilliant, that's all that over and done with then. Whilst he made his slow journey down Rome. Yeah, party, yeah. drinking his way through Rome. Yes. So the three of the governors were just playing for time. And at this point, Vespasian starts to hesitate because they had come up with a plan that Vespasian would declare himself as emperor. Really? Yes. They were waiting for Otho and Vitellius to fight it out, and whoever yeah. lost would be weak, and then they could charge in. But Vespasian starts to have second doubts at this point. Alexander loses patience and just declares Vespasian as emperor. Uh, uh, is this where Vitellius heard about someone's been declared an emperor in the East? Yes, exactly. <clears throat> the first Vespasian knew about it was when he left his tent and the soldiers hailed him as emperor. <laughs> Hello, Emperor. No way, I'm not the Emperor. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> Crap. Best best start doing something then. So he decides <laughs> he'd best go for it. Um, Musianus was far more eager out of all three of them to go and attack Italy. Yeah. And he volunteered to go and lead the troops. Really? So he was going to go up through the Baltic region yeah. where Otho's troops were. Yeah. Pick them up and then go into Italy. And invade. But if you remember last week, those troops in the Balkan region, as soon as they hear that Vespasian <laughs> has declared himself as emperor, rush in all by themselves. They yes, they they jump the gun, don't they? Yeah, they jump the gun. So before Musianus can get there to lead them, yeah, they've rushed in. They beat Vitellius's army in the battle we covered last week in that night battle. Yes. They go down to Rome. Vitellius is killed. So, is there a bit of a vacuum at this time? There is, but not for very long. Um, but before I go into that, let's see what Vespasian's doing. He is in Egypt. Okay. Chilling out. 
just building up support in the region, and also cutting off the grain supply to Rome, because he doesn't know how long this is going to last. It was a lot quicker than he thought, <laughs> because the troops rushed in as soon as they heard about him. In Rome, Antonius was in charge. Remember Antonius was in charge of those Balkan legions? Uh, yes. Yes. He's the one who went and had the bath, and said, oh, I wish I had a warm bath, and his troops burnt the city down. <laughs> Because yeah. that, that's obviously what I mean. Yes, yeah. So he was happily helping himself to loot and slaves. Tacitus <laughs> says at this time, there was no emperor and there were no laws. Ooh, yeah. it's, it's just like a wild, it's like the wild west. Yeah, Rome's turned to anarchy at this point. But only lasts for two weeks because Musianus was going his very fastest to try and catch up. And he gets there a couple of weeks after Rome fell. Mm. Uh, and he attempts to put the city into order. However, a lot of unrest. A lot of people have died mm. in the battle when Antonius's troops came along. There's a lot of people unhappy. So it takes quite a while, and lots of people die. A lot, yeah. Because I imagine a lot of people aren't going to be happy. So who are these people trying to take over? Yeah, they're just trying to live their lives, and all yeah. these soldiers keep pouring in and killing everyone. <laughs> so Musianus is trying to clear up Rome. He takes some senators for a ride, if you know what I mean. Um, Not a fairground. Um, no innuendo, either. Oh, what, one what of those one of those rides where you don't come back. Oh, okay. Yes, so he, he sorted out the problem. He did. He did. He he saw that they had a little accident. Yes, exactly. He killed them. Yes, that's what he did. <laughs> he then gets rid of some political rivals. Antonius was given Otho's old position in Portugal, because oh. that's now going. Yeah. Um, and Domitian, so Vespasian's younger son is in Rome at this point. Domitian? Yeah. Younger son. Alright. So <laughs> both sons are now in Rome? No, Titus has stayed with his dad at this point. Okay. Yes. Um, so Domitian, the younger son, is in Rome. Okay. And he is still quite young at this point, so Musianus takes him under his wing, so he can't become a, a rival. He's following Musianus' yeah. lead. Loose power. Yeah. Okay. Meanwhile, in Egypt, Vespasian was just starting to hear news that things were going well. Okay. When a blind man and a man without the use of his legs were brought forth by some of his supporters. Why? They claimed that Vespasian could heal them. Oh. The blind man said that if he rubbed Vespasian's spittle into his eyes, he'd be able to see again. And the man who could not walk said if Vespasian touched his leg with his heel, he would walk again. Isn't that the, the spittle thing? Isn't that thing that... Um... Uh, Vitalis' dad did with that woman. Yes. Yeah, like, they, they seem, seem to, to like their spittle, don't they? That's weird. Vespasian pretty much laughed out loud at this and went, No, I can't. I'm just a soldier. <laughs> I cannot heal you. Go away. But eventually, he was persuaded by his friends to give it a go, and lo, the blind man got his sight, oh. and the other man could miraculously walk. So who started this story, then? Or um, paid those actors to... <laughs> We don't know. My personal theory is this was some well-meaning friends of Vespasian yeah. trying to get propaganda going. Vespasian yeah. going, really? Doing it, and then going, all right, actors. But thinking, <laughs> well, might as well go along with it. Get the good press. Yeah. So it's, I'm a god. It's good propaganda. Yeah. He, he doesn't come across, and we'll see more of this later, as someone who would create this kind of thing. No. But he does come across as the kind of person that would use it to his advantage. Yeah, to me, his signs seem very savvy. Yes. And not, you know, not stupid at all. Very logical and... Yeah, yeah. But not... not Cold? Yes. Yeah. 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 So, 
Vespasian arrives in Rome in 70 CE. That's right, we are now officially finished the year of the four emperors. Oh. We're in year 70. And we're in the 70s. We're in the 70s. So now they're wearing flares. They're wearing flares. Massive sashes. Yeah. Oh, it's all good. It's like the Roman version of Led Zeppelin assigned to play and get big. Yeah, it's it's good times. It's been over a month we've been stuck in that year. Yeah, yes. So we're, we're finally... 69. We're finally past 69. <laughs> yes. We're moving on. Right, okay. And Well, they were stuck in for a year, weren't they? They were. They were. That's even longer than we were in yeah, year 69. Gosh. Must have been worse for them. Yeah. Yeah. They all so, died. <laughs> Vespasian looked at the treasury when he arrived back in Rome and realised there was no money. This is Vitelli spending all on food, wasn't it? Yes, and Otho spending it on stuff and Galba spending it on stuff and Nero spending it on stuff. So the economy is pretty ruined at this point, isn't Completely, it? Completely, utterly ruined. A year of civil war after Nero doing whatever he wanted. It's just, the whole place is, it's just fallen apart. He declared that he needed 40,000 million sesterces to get Rome back on its feet. Now, there's no way of converting that into modern day, so let's just say a billion billion pounds. It's 40 billion oh, yeah. sesterces, that's what he'd need. Yeah, it's a lot. 40 billion sesterces. Wow. It's a that's lot. That's my sign for sesterces. Oh, that's C- a good new symbol. Yeah, spelled with an S there. Oh, yeah, but that looked like a dollar. <laughs> that's a good point. Okay. <laughs> So, he starts to tax the country incredibly heavily. Yes. I'm sure everyone's going to love that. Yeah, I'm sure he explained it. Look, we have no money for anything. I have to tax you. And everyone was very understanding. That's fine. Yeah, we get you. Well, he was quite clever. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He didn't pull uh, a Nero who taxed heavily and then just spent it on his massive golden house. Did he tax just the rich people or something? No, no, he taxed... Everything and anything that moves. <laughs> we're going to Your horse on. taxing. That cat looked to me. Tax it. Yeah. Um, but cat tax. He clearly spent it on public works and That's building good. the city. He lived, lived very simply himself. Oh. And that golden palace was soon being pulled apart and oh. all the grounds were being given back to the public. He was using the money and visibly using the wow. money. So although people didn't like being taxed, at least they were they going... They could see what's happening. Yeah. Our city's been rebuilt and it needed to be rebuilt. So, the Jewish revolt is still going on at this point. Okay. Because you remember Vespasian was halfway through putting it down. Yeah, stop. And then went, oh, there's a civil war, let's go and join him. So he orders his son Titus to go and finish the job yeah. whilst he stays in Rome. We'll do more of that next week. Why? Oh, I wonder. Is Titus in the next episode? <laughs> So there were a couple of uprisings in Gaul led by a man who was claiming to be Julius Caesar's great-grandson. Which is probably clearly quite rubbish. Yeah, I don't know, maybe Julius Caesar left people all over the place, you never know. (laughs) He was well known for playing his advantage. Uh, Yes. Yes, he was. Um, (laughs) The revolt was quickly put down. Um, There were a couple of revolts throughout the empire in the early days, but Vespasian gets a handle on it fairly quickly. That's good, he's got good control then. Yes. So like I said, he dismantles the Golden Palace grounds, gives it back to the public, and where the lake used to be, he yeah. drains the lake, and he builds the Flavian Amphitheatre. So, yeah, he's building things more for the people, isn't he? Yes. Do. do you know what the Flavian Amphitheatre is? And this is where the Golden House was. was. Where the lake used to be. Where's the, where was the lake? Next to the Golden Palace. Is that now where the big round thing is? The Colosseum. Yeah. Yes, this oh. is the Colosseum. So when were you telling me when, when Nero had that massive, ridiculous statue? Yes. 
that's now the Colosseum. Yeah, because it's named after. Yeah, the colossal statue that was of it. Nero was moved, oh. not too far, but it was moved in front of the Colosseum. Yeah. So people called it the Colosseum because the colossal statue was in front of it. But in Roman times, they called the Colosseum the mm. Flavian Amphitheatre after like, Vespasian, who started building it. I've, I've been there. It's very nice. Well, I've been past it on a bus. Yes. I'm going back there in the summer, so oh, I'll, I'll yeah, take some pictures. Yeah, to move the statue in front of it took something like 30 odd elephants it was ridiculous it's mad, wasn't it like 30 meters tall so it's ridiculous. yeah, yeah it's ridiculous. it was huge so this huge statue in front of this huge amphitheater which um vespasian builds oh, so wow. that's where all the winners of genesis are going and he built it so Ooh. yeah there you go yeah <laughs> right Okay. I'm feeling good things here. He then spends the next ten years ruling justly and fairly. Pretty much. Not much happens. There really is not much on this ten years. But he's he's put down... Is he still putting down revolts still? The revolts die off. There's a couple of assassination attempts that we don't have much detail on, um, but they don't work. Um, And, yeah, he just seems to do a fairly good job for ten years. And after all the Civil War, that's not bad. Yeah, he's he's brought Rome back into stability. Yes, I mean, it could be... Tacitus, with some exaggeration, says that the year of the four emperors could have been the last of the Roman Empire. Yeah, so a lot of of hyperbole. Yes, there is. Um, But Vespasian stops this, and he brings Rome back onto its feet. That's pretty... That's good. pretty impressive, That's isn't it? very good, yeah. yeah. So, in 79, age 69, close to 70, he develops an illness and suffers from severe diarrhoea. Has he been poisoned? No, 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 he's just ill. He is just ill. Apparently he drank some dodgy water. He sensed death was near, and he made a joke, Dear me, I think I'm becoming a god. Oh, that's pretty... Yeah. Sad but egotistical all at the same time. Well, the Roman Empire's emperors were deified. After oh, of course. Death. Yes. So it was his joke saying, "I'm dying. I'm going to be a god soon." Oh, so even at the end, he's got a little quip. Yeah. He's, he's like the Roger Moore, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> and yeah, lots of people say these were his last words, but they weren't. No. No. That'd be weren't. too fortunate. No. Um, well, I mean, who knows if he said this? It's all hard to say, isn't it? But um, according to Suetonius, these weren't his last words. He gives them a couple more. Um, He then becomes very ill, and I'm just going to quote Suetonius here. Nevertheless, he continued to perform his duties as emperor, even receiving embassies as he lay in bed. Taken on a sudden with such an attack of diarrhoea that he all but swooned, he said, an emperor ought to die standing. And while he was struggling to get on his feet, he died in the arms of those who tried to help him. Oh. So he booed himself, tried to stand <laughs> up, someone caught him, and he died. I, d- I don't know, that despite the... That, I don't know, it almost makes one stand up and salute a little bit. I feel really bad for him, because he's so good. Yeah, well... Don't forget, he is 69, he's getting on, especially for those times. He dies of natural causes. That's amazing, actually. The first emperor since Augustus. Yes, that's very true. Yes, no one else has managed this. Possibly Tiberius, the whole going back with a pillow (laughs) thing that happens. He might have died of natural causes. Um, So yeah, that's a good sign. No one's bumped him off. So there you go, that's Vespasian. He is dead. Initial thoughts? Uh, he sounds awesome. You're impressed. I am. He's, he's, you know, the other emperors last, what, two months? He lasted <laughs> at least, what, just over ten years? Yeah, yeah. 
well, we'll go into it later. Well, yeah, properly, well, you, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. He's he's done loads of good stuff. He's good with money. Um, he helped out the nation. He didn't get assassinated. <laughs> yeah. He pooed himself. Yeah. That's always funny. <laughs> okay, well, let, let's write, rank him properly then, shall yeah. we? First round. Fightius Maximus. Okay, I'm just going to give you a sense of one of his battles. Okay. Because 30 in Britain, <laughs> wow. and then he puts down the Jewish revolt, or at least half of it, his yeah. son takes over. So we're going to skip the Britain bit, because right. we've talked about Britain before. Let's go and talk about the Jewish revolt for a bit. Yes, we don't hit on that at all. No. So, in 66, a Greek man was sacrificing birds in front of a synagogue. Now, okay. Jewish people weren't too happy about this. They thought it was disrespectful. But the Roman garrison nearby did nothing to intervene, and this led to a huge uprising. Yeah. Like these little sparks do. Yeah. yeah. Exaggeration, hyperbole. Yeah, just something small happens, and within weeks, months, the entire province was in revolt. Yeah. Okay. So the Romans attempted to put this down, but they lost an entire legion in the Battle of Beth Horon. Wow. Yeah. They were not expecting the Jewish rebels to be able to do much. They didn't think much of the Jewish population. They weren't known for being great fighters at the time, but they soon proved that wrong, and they yeah. took out an entire legion. Wow. So it shocked the Roman leadership. This is under Nero, remember? Yeah. Um, so Vespasian was then sent to sort it out, like I said earlier. Because he's a tough old dog, isn't he? Well, yes, he'd proved himself in Britain. He'd got his triumphal T-shirt. So <laughs> they, they sent him. So Vespasian subdued many towns. Lots didn't even put up a fight, but a couple oh. did. So I'm just going to briefly talk about one siege, yeah. because he did a lot of these. <laughs> they all follow a very similar pattern. Okay. So this is the town of Yodfat if okay. I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yodfat managed to halt the Roman army. Now, Yodfat is this, is this town on top of a steep hill. Oh, so a good position to be in. Yes, exactly. And it had thick, high walls. It was hard to take, and Vespasian knew this. So he decides to lay siege to the hilltop settlement. Stop them getting food and stuff. Yeah. Vespasian surrounded the city in the way Julius Caesar used to do. Used to do tries to make sure no one can get in and out with supplies, and then he makes a couple of attacks, none of which were successful. So, he builds a huge ramp up to the walls. Basically got a big wooden, wooden plank. Oh, even better than that. It was oh, really? huge earthworks. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It, it took a long time, but they had a lot of men and Jewish prisoners at the time. W wouldn't the people in Yodfat just try and take it down? Like, here's, you know, fire arrow, burn down. Well, no, because they're, they're using the earth to do it. They're moving oh, of course, stone yes. and earth. You can't, oh, yeah. you can't set fire to the stone. No, they're making a ramp by essentially building a new hill, but a less steep hill to go up and get to the walls. So they're not so much a disadvantage, they're just elevating themselves. Yes, exactly. That's very clever. Yeah. So, Vespasian's doing well, building yeah. his huge ramp. Um, the town responded by... How would you respond to that? I think at this point I'd say, right, come on in. <laughs> You'd give up. Well, the town don't do that. They no. raise their walls higher. Oh, the... <laughs> so yeah. Build more, lads. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't got any more stone. Use the chickens. <laughs> Use the chicken anything. wall. Squawking wall. Yeah. In, you know, in the past we looked at how a town was saved in the Backers Grounders episode. Yes. Saved by... by chickens. Yes. They probably knew about that. It wasn't chickens, was it? Oh, it was, it was a geese. It was geese, yes. Yeah. Okay, build the wall of geese. Yeah. Honk. So... They use something, I'm not sure what, possibly geese, to build their wall. So Vespasian then 
because they can't just go over the wall anymore, the wall's suddenly higher, orders that a ram be, in ta a ram be taken up the ramp to attack the walls. So I was just trying to knock the brute yeah. blunt force now. Yeah, not I'm assuming when it says ram, we're not still in animal territory here. <laughs> forget, forget the goats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they take this huge battering ram up, they start hitting the walls where it looks weak. The defenders rain down stones and fire at this point. Wow. Um, at one point, apparently, a particularly strong man threw down a massive rock, cutting the head off the ram. Oh. Poor ram. <laughs> yeah. But Colin! Colin! <laughs> but the Romans continued anyway. Yeah. With the headless ram. Oh. <laughs> Just smashing the wall. Stubby, bloody mess <laughs> on the wall. Yeah. So, Vespasian at this point is injured by a rock thrown from a slinger. Ooh. Uh, slingers, at the time, they'd whip round these swing them around their heads yeah. with these little stones. They would travel through the air at astonishing speeds. Uh, it's well over 100 miles an hour. Yeah, you got hit by one of these things, you knew it. So Vespasian <laughs> gets hit. Break bone, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, the Romans renewed their efforts at this point, very angry, and throughout the night they are, laying, they are attacking the wall, and eventually the wall is breached. Ooh. However, the um, rebels poured out of the breach and had a last push of their own. Ooh. And brought out their boiling hot wall, <laughs> not boiling hot wall, boiling <laughs> hot oil, and um, threw that down on them. They've been saving it. Bad work. Yeah, the Romans were fought back at this point. So they all have a bit of a rest, and a few days later, Vespasian orders the ramp be built higher. So back to trying Ooh. to go over the wall again. So in order to help the ramp builders, he builds siege towers to defend the builders of the ramp all around the city. So he's like building a mini city around the town, isn't Yeah, he? essentially. Wow. And they start building their ramp on the 47th day. Oh, that's a big siege. Yes. Um, a deserter came to the Roman camp and reported that the defenders, so worn out by fighting, did not actually have enough men or energy to have a full guard 24 hours a day. Ooh. And their last guard throughout the night was vastly understaffed. So... Vespasian sent stealthy climbers, possibly including Titus, his son, to secretly climb the walls, which they did. They got to the top, they slit the throats of the few guards they found, and then were able to pour over the ramp into the city, and they spared no one. They just killed everyone. They killed literally everyone wow. in the town because they were so fed up after spending 47 days. So I was, I was very quiet all the way through because I, I, I love listening to it. That was fantastic. Yeah. That's... Now, that is just one of the um, sieges. That's so clever, though. Yeah, I mean, if it's not Julius Caesar clever. If you look at how Julius Caesar did some things, it's not Alexander the Great yeah, clever. Yeah, well, sorry, can I just stop you there? But... This is the Roman Emperor podcast. It's nothing to do with Caesar. No, that's true, that's true. I don't want to hear or, about him. Or Alexander the Great. No. So, or, I mean, there's nothing Jupiter. revolutionary or new here, but no. he got the job done. Very well. Very well. Yeah, so... That gives you a sense of what he was doing when he was pulling down the Jewish it, revolt. It's sort of the logical, just keep going, no, that didn't work, let's now try this. He's a problem solver. But he used yeah. tactics. Very much one-upmanship in a siege. Mm. Yeah. So there you go. Right, so let's actually start thinking about what Vespasian did. Why does he deserve points? Like I said, he fought 30 battles in Britain and mm -hmm. he helped conquer Britain. Plautius was the one in charge at the time, and Claudius got all the credit, but Vespasian was pretty much number three, <laughs> and actually did most of the work apart from Plautius. He's a big part of it, so he's got a history of being a good fighter. Yes, he was very much, and he got his Triumph t-shirt. 
Yes. Not many people have managed that for a while. <laughs> um, he put down the bulk of the Jewish revolt, like I've just said, although Titus is the one to finish it, and we'll talk about that more next week. He won the Civil War. That's pretty important. That's pretty important. So he's invaded a new province, he's put down a revolt, and he's won a civil war. That's pretty good. He's um, he's four for four at the moment. Yeah. He then got a triumph, a full triumph, and for putting down the Jewish revolt as well. So he's had essentially two triumphs. <laughs> which, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive, isn't it? That, that is. That is. And also he was chosen to go and put down that revolt, even though he was not liked by Nero at the time. Nero hated him, but recognised that he was so yeah, good. He's he had well, to go. You, you're the only guy for the job here. Yeah, there we go. That, I think that sums up his fightiest Maximus. Now, you could argue against him. The Civil War, he did wait for the other three to battle it out amongst themselves. Yeah, but that's tactics. And then move in at the end. Well, that's tactical. Yeah, yeah that's, that's like lions always go for the, young, the youngest prey, don't they? The youngest, the weakest. Yeah. You don't go for the biggest and strongest, you wait for it to suffer that's clever <laughs> and in britain he wasn't in charge he was just a second or but he still would have had influence and the I'm revolt he didn't actually finish it his son did but he started it he held it off he, but he, he, he did, did the groundwork he put a bulk of the groundwork i'm, I'm just trying to i know trying try to find something to knock down the points yeah I'm, I'm trying to be balanced here so yeah no, that's fair that's so fair enough each one of those major achievements you could say is slightly tarnished but i don't think it takes away from the fact that it's pretty good. I'd say it's borderline flawless. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to give him 10, because like you said, he's got things that weren't quite there. But I'm going to see him like 8 or 9, I think, here. I see, That's I'm, how damn good he was. I'm thinking 9. I am. Um, I, I, like you say, I can't give him 10, because it wasn't quite perfect. If he'd finished <laughs> putting down the revolt himself, yes. I think he would have got 10. Yeah. But he couldn't do... He physically couldn't win the Civil War and put down the revolt. But also, he didn't go back himself. He no, that's sent true. Lucianus to go. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I think I'm going to have to match your score. I agree. I think we've nine not, as well. We've not seen anyone with a list that big since Augustus, and he no. doesn't have any of Augustus's problems of running away and hiding. Exactly, and that's why where Augustus, that's the only reason he fell down. He expanded yeah. the, emperor more than anywhere, yeah. uh, the empire more than anyone, but he's fighty. Yeah, in, Tiberius in was equally fighty, but did nothing when he became the emperor. Yes. Yeah, whereas he does. Yeah, so I, I'm going to have to match, I think. Well, I think nine actually, he well. doesn't when he becomes the emperor, but he does it to become the emperor, doesn't he? So, well, yeah. Are we happy with that, then? I, I, I'm happy with that. That is a total of 18 for Which, Fightius Maximus. He is our most fighty emperor so far. He, yeah, you, you Which, wouldn't want to annoy him. After a year of civil war and... Only one person had managed to scrape over half marks in Fightius Maximus. It's about time we had a good fighter. I, I think so, yes. And unsurprisingly, I agree. it is the winner of the Civil War gets the highest points in Fightius Maximus. Of course, yeah. yeah. And he lasted long and he died of old age as well. But that's successes. Yeah. Ignore that. <laughs> okay, right. Well, let's go on to the next one. Approvium Crazium. Nothing he's done so far sounds crazy. Okay. Uh-oh. Let's see. For bad slash crazy. Okay. He threw Jewish captives into the Dead Sea to see if they would float. Well, they would have done. Yeah, they did. Oh, yay. Yeah, isn't that nice? Oh. No, no, that's it. Oh, okay. But it's still, throwing prisoners into the sea to see if they'd float's not, not really on, is it? Did, do you think he actually did? Or did you say, you know, go swim in there? No, apparently he did. He, oh. he just threw them in. 
When one young man recently given command of a cohort of horse, this is after he became emperor, Yeah. he approached Vespasian, and Vespasian noticed that he smelt of perfume. So he sacked the man, saying he would have preferred that he smelled of garlic. He's, he's basically just being a bit derogatory there. Yeah, well, he didn't want people to spend lots of money. This is what oh, he's okay. taxes. Yeah, it's a bit scraping the bottom of the barrel, really. Yeah. Yeah, but he did that. So he punished the one for wasting money. Yeah. Yeah. It's not crazy. Okay. He introduced a law that said that any woman sleeping with a slave would become a slave herself. That's a bit harsh. It is a bit harsh, isn't it? You might have a really sexy slave. Yeah. And But I, he was worried about the moral decline of the, the city. But he didn't say men needed to stop sleeping with slaves. But we're such an of the Romans. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He collected a lot of taxes. A lot. He even put a tax on urinating. What? That's yep. a human right. He would charge people to go to the toilets in public. That's a bit like the train station toilets. It's like Euston, isn't it? Yeah. When you or go down to London. Birmingham. Oh, or Birmingham. any train station toilet I can think of. True, but it's the one in Euston station that annoys me the most. You've mm. spent an hour and a half going down to London. You get off yeah. the train. Oh, I need the toilet. I haven't got 20p. Uh, I've got three five pence. No! Yeah. And then you go and use the stupid machine next to it and it doesn't work whatsoever and then you're just hoping you finally <laughs> finally scrape together 20p yeah. by going buying a coffee that cost five pounds yeah and then you get to the little turnstile and someone's already left 10p in there so you didn't need 20p in the first place do, do you know once right i i tried to get changed by doing something like that yeah. it wasn't used to it was, it was something else i think it's like a bus or something so yeah. i thought i'll go to the shop buy something and get change i went to the shop and paid with my card <laughs> And got out and thought, ah, oh, damn it. Oh, oh well. Yeah, that was really that was a really bad day. So Vespasian created that situation in Rome. Right, that alone he cannot get a Genesis R just for that. <laughs> yeah. What an or, evil sick mind he has. It's just it's horrible, isn't it? It's just so so annoying. You need the toilet and you haven't got the change on you. So yeah, <laughs> he, he he did that. Um Good. his son Titus showed some reservation about this. Uh, basically, you went, Dad, do we really need to put a tax on urinating? Uh, in public? What, talk to him in public? No, as in urinating in public, so in home, you know. If oh, yeah, to... no, you could do all you want at home. Oh, good. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> in the very northern, in home. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Vespasian replied that money does not stink, regardless where it comes from. Yeah, that's quite witty. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was meant to be a bit of a wit, was Vespasian, yeah. as we'll see. Urinals, apparently, to this day, I did not know this, are still named after him in France and Italy. Really? Yeah. They're called, like, Vespanios or something. Really? Oh. Yeah. So how's that for legacy? That's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. In a in a way. Yeah. See, if I died, I'd like to be known, you know, name an Ikea couch after me or something rather than yeah, that'd be good. a toilet. But he, he's there thinking, everyone remembers me for the Colosseum. And urinals. That's two, <gasps> two proud achievements. Did they also name the Vespa after him? Um, let's say yes. Yes. Yeah. I'll put that in my notes. Good. Right. I like this bit. This bit was in Suetonius, which just shows how utterly biased Suetonius can be at times. <laughs> yeah, I like these. He gave constant dinner parties, usually formally and sumptuously, to help the market men. What a mental person. Yeah, so... When he, Suetonius, hugely criticised Vitellius for having all these dinner parties and eating too much, because yeah. he was a glutton, apparently when Vespasian eats, 
it's to help the local butchers and bakers. <laughs> yeah, of course. Which leads me, because I, I remember in the previous episode, I talked about bias towards Otho, and we never really did talk about it. No. But history's obviously written by the winners. Yeah. Vespasian won the Civil War. Mm. So Vitellius is the loser. But because this had four rounds to it, who was the opponent of Vitellius? Not just Vespasian, but Otho as well. So yeah. Otho automatically starts coming out in a good light. <clears throat> and course. Galba doesn't, because it yes. takes some turns. So yeah. we do need to be w- careful of that. That's true. But at the same time, Vitellius was a fool, so... He was. Yeah. Okay. He really was. In fact, there would have been no difference if he hadn't been emperor. Although Otho probably would have lasted longer. And if he had... Imagine Vespasian on his side. Well, yeah, he might have done. Do you know what we should do? We should have to do like a, an alternate history. Yeah. What if Otho and Vespasian had got together? Let's just branch off on an alternative history at some point and not tell the listeners and see if they know. Um, that's all I've got. Oh, I suppose we could also have he slaughtered all those people after the siege. That's true. Um, yeah. But I guess, you know, historically they did that. You it's, had to. It's kind of typical warfare. I mean, it's not great, but yeah. very typical <laughs> warfare. Um, right, that's all I've got for Bad Crazy. Now, uh, a part that I've not done for a while oh. the good slash sane section oh good yes yeah. <laughs> yes he was known to have a great sense of humour oh yeah um, he mocked himself hang on in a Caligula kind of way or <laughs> <laughs> no in a way when no one died oh yeah. good <laughs> he mocked himself for wanting a triumph after the Jewish revolt because he grew tired throughout the day so he just self-deprecating yeah he was very self-deprecating um, when supporters claimed to find proof that his family was descended from Hercules, so the Romans were obsessed with trying to make his family sound great because they said <laughs> clearly weren't, yeah. he just laughed in their faces and told them to get out. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so he's a realist. Like, don't yeah. be ridiculous. Well, this is what I meant earlier by the, yeah. the coming up with the healing the sick thing. It doesn't sound like something he'd do, but it does sound like something he'd take advantage of. I imagine him just going, he's a made-up mythical character. <laughs> get out of my side. Yeah. So he found a good marriage for Vitellius's daughter and provided the dowry out of his own pocket. So he didn't punish the person who rated Vitellius? Yeah. No, he was That's nice. nice. Right, I like this bit. Do you remember he made a mental note of that man who told him to go to Morbovia? Yeah. When he became emperor, he called him up. Oh, yeah. And he then banished him. Guess where he banished him to? Morbovia. Morbovia, yeah, which doesn't exist. So essentially he was just left. But he did call the guy up and he had he <laughs> thought he was going to be severely punished and he was banished to Morbovia. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, just imagine though, like, he, get, he got home, got a letter from <laughs> Emperor in big capital letters, Vespasian. And yeah. the guy's just going, oh, oh my God. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. <laughs> and and he's just terrified now, walking. He's you know kissing his wife goodbye for the last time. A newly born child in the cot, <laughs> stroking its face tenderly, going, I'll never see you grow. Walks up, and then Vespasian goes, you are banished forever. <sighs> it's better than not dying. To... Morbovia. What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. I, oh, that's brilliant. Right. Another quote from Suetonius. It cannot readily be shown that any innocent person was punished save in Vespasian's absence and without his knowledge. So apparently he didn't kill a single innocent person. After he died, um, in Roman times, they'd hire actors to pretend to be the person who's died, especially when they were like emperors. Yeah. Paraded through the streets. So another quote here. Even at his funeral, favour 
a leading actor of mimes, who wore Vespasian's mask and, according to usual custom, imitated the actions and words of the deceased during his lifetime, having asked procurators in a loud voice how much his funeral procession would cost, and hearing the reply, ten million sesterces, cried out, give me a hundred thousand and fling me into the Tiber. <laughs> so, oh. yeah, uh, the people were happy to mock him for the way he was with money, but he obviously didn't mind that. Yeah. As is shown in his funeral. He sounds like the kind of person you want to go for a drink with, doesn't he? Yeah. We also know what his general day was like. <laughs> yeah, so Suetonius again just does a little little paragraph on what his day was like. He'd wake up just before daybreak. He'd read over his letters and the briefs from all the departments of state. He'd then admit all of his friends and his clients, and while he talked to them, he would dress himself on his own. Not other oh. people. Oh, wow. I'm guessing he wasn't naked when he started. I probably wouldn't have mattered there back then. Uh, possibly pretty, not. Pretty free, weren't they? Yeah, maybe. After dealing with any business that the morning session brought forward, he would go for a ride. And then he'd have a nap with one of his concubines. <laughs> a nap? A nap. Then he'd have a bath and have supper, where he would often joke using ribald language. Ooh, yes. he used to say the odd curse word. He did, apparently. Like, darn. Yeah, like those words. He once made a joke about a man having a huge advantage. <laughs> he quoted from the Iliad, striding along and waving a lance that casts a long shadow. <laughs> Which at the time was hilarious because it was from yeah. the Iliad and I he was talking about a long dong. <laughs> yeah. So I... He also made lots of other jokes that really don't translate very well through no. time, so I won't bother trying to explain that now, but there's lots of examples of his sense of humour. So that's his opprobrium crasium. He doesn't sound crazy to me. He's really not at the all. Things that happened at the time were just what everyone did at the time. Yeah. You know, not letting women sleep with slaves, although it's like, yeah, misogynistic, as you mentioned. Yeah, but... It's for a, re a greater good. Yeah. He did one waste money. He taxed a lot of things. Um, but he kind of had to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he invented the Vespa. Yeah. Um, and then you've got all the him being sane, which just vastly outweighs. So, I don't know. I think I can give him one for throwing people into the sea. And I think that's exaggerated, though. I want to give him zero. You're only going to give I'm him gonna zero? I'm going to go for zero. I'm even writing it down zero. He wasn't okay. insane at all. I'm going to give him one. You give him one. For throwing the prisoners into the sea. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Okay then. I probably enjoyed it. One for Probium Crazy. Yeah, he is officially now the least crazy emperor because uh, after Galba, Galba scored two. Yeah, he was. But he was a bit strict. <laughs> he was very strict, wasn't he? <laughs> but he was not crazy. We may have mentioned that in the episode a few times. Yeah. Okay, Successus Ultimus. Successus Ultimus! So, I'll just read this quote to start us off. The empire which for a long time had been unsettled and, as it were, drifting through usurpation and violent death of three emperors, was at last taken in hand and given stability by the Flavian family. Yeah. I think that is the most important thing. He stabilised Rome. He rebuilt it as well. Because yeah. Rome was devastated by the actions of the Civil War, especially the Capitoline Hill, and if you remember, the um, Temple of Jupiter burnt down. Yes, I'm saying. Um, yeah, so he apparently moved the rubble himself, probably in a ceremonial kind of, I'll move the first stone, you slaves do the rest <laughs> kind of way, but... <laughs> so in a royal family, like, you know, you, you're going to plant this plant, and they get a little golden spade, and just do one little dig into the ground, and that's it. Yeah. Or wedding cake, when you put the first slice into the cake, and that is it. Yeah, exactly. And it gets taken away, and other people cut it up, and you only eat it. Yeah, it's just like that. Yeah. Only with rock 
and slaves. Poor slaves. Yeah. So he <laughs> he did that. He finished building the Temple of Claudius. Oh. Yes, because Nero just couldn't be bothered. Yeah. Building he... the temple. Claudius had been deified yeah. by this point, so we needed a temple, but Nero couldn't be bothered. So, and obviously, no <laughs> one did join the Civil War, so there you go. I like to think there's like a like a massive statue of Claudius there, no quite aged, then just a massive rock at the bottom with yes. the lies carved in. Oh, they should have done a colossal statue of Claudius, not Nero. Yes. Just a massive boulder at the bottom. <laughs> that would have been brilliant. <laughs> and a massive rope on yeah. his hand. <laughs> oh, I'd love that. If I ever become a billionaire, that's what I'm building. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Don't care how many slaves it takes. <laughs> no. Right, he built the Colosseum. I mean, that is the most famous architectural feat in of Rome. Rome. It is. You... It's what you think of. I mean, uh, there's the... Oh, what's it called? The one with the, the perfectly round ceiling with yes. uh, with uh, con- uh, concrete. Yeah, the one with the dome. The name escapes me. And all oh, our listeners are probably shouting at the yeah. stereo right Shout now. Shout louder. <laughs> yeah, we can't hear you. Um, yeah, and the arch. The arch of Titus is yeah. quite famous as yeah. well. And that fountain thing in, in yeah. Florence. Okay, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, yeah. There is. But, but it's a biggie. The Colosseum, Colosseum is a biggie. It's, it's huge. So Massive. he built that. Um, there was a huge backlog of legal cases because of the war, so he, um, <laughs> well, it just would be, wouldn't there? That's right, a, the a Romans... guard, I, I, I severed a tendon in my ankle, I want 12 million sesterces, yeah. you can have six or I'll kill you. Okay. Actually, that does remind me, it's not in my notes, but something I did read that was just weird, a soldier joined the Civil War, I think he was on Vitellius's side, Right. went to his superiors after one of the battles and said, I killed my brother during that battle, I want a reward. And they just had no idea what to do with him. It's like, we can't reward him for that, but oh. we can't punish him either. Oh. So they just said, oh yeah, we'll, we'll reward you at the end. <laughs> and then they just ignored him. <laughs> or maybe they lost on purpose just so they wouldn't yes, have to pay maybe, him. Maybe. It was so, his fault. <laughs> but maybe he was suing them. So maybe this was one of the yes. court cases. Anyway, um, Vespasian chose commissioners by lot to restore what people had lost during the war and put in a new system, reducing the cases to the smallest number since it was clear that a lifetime of litigants would not suffice for the regular proceedings. Yeah. So, yeah, he sorted all the legal problems out. He supported families that had lost money during the Civil War, in particular the senators, so any senators that were no longer in the Senate because they lost money, he gave money to. That's really nice. Isn't that nice? It's charitable. Yeah, I'm sure all the starving plebs in the street really appreciated <laughs> the fact that these rich senators were being given more money. Yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, he started a new dynasty. Yes, yeah, yeah. he would have The he? Flavian dynasty. Yes. It's because of him. That's successful, isn't he? And he died of natural causes, the first since Augustus. So, I mean, it's, it's all very successful, isn't it? Almost like nine, eight to nine successful. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Well, I don't have any negatives. Oh, oh, that could be... Ooh. I couldn't really think of any. If you can now, from what you've heard... Did he help the poor? Well, we know? he gave a lot of the Roman land back that Nero had taken and off it, them. Yeah, you're showing what they were spending. Yeah. I mean, he, he taxed very heavily. But again, he kind but of But there was to. a reason for it. There was a reason for it. He wasn't just <laughs> he made it having his own pockets. Because he did that, though, that made Rome stable yeah. again. And it hadn't been stable for quite yeah. a while since before Caligula, really. Or yeah. Tiberius. If we're being, you know, honest. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's definitely the best we've seen since Augustus. I think he's on a pile with Augustus. All Augustus, you know, managed to get that territory. That territory is still there. Yeah, he he was the one who he, well, he was one of the ones who brought Britain into the uh, 
Yeah. I mean, we gave Claudius credit for that, obviously, because it was when it was Claudius, but he took part. Go on, what are you going for? I almost want to give him ten. You're going to give him ten? Oh, I... Why not? Give me a reason why not. Oh, let's see. Now you put it like that. Because Augustus got ten. That's why I'm thinking nine. So? But you're right. We're, we're smashing these boundaries, aren't we, with this yeah. podcast? Um, Augustus created the empire. I mean, you just... You struggle to beat that. But then he brought it from the brink of destruction. Yeah, it was it was it was almost over. There were so many people vying for power. He tamed this massive Roman beast of an empire. Okay, you going for ten? I'm gonna have to go for ten. I'm gonna go for nine. <laughs> That's fair enough. That way he's very close, but not quite. So that is a whopping nineteen, 19. successus ultimus. Wow, and I think he damn well deserves it. Yeah. Okay. Second highest one. On to he was well built with strong sturdy limbs and the expression of one who was straining <laughs> so he looks like he's on the toilet yep he enjoyed excellent health though he did nothing to keep it except rub on his throat and other parts of his body a yeah. certain number of times <laughs> in the tennis court ah okay <laughs> well you never know although the word tennis court Confused me there. I checked two translations, both said tennis court, so I, I thought tennis was very much a later thing, but I'm guessing it was just something with rackets. An equivalent of. Yeah. Um, oh, I've not finished. And he fasted one day in every month, which apparently kept you in good health. So, a man was once asked to make a joke about the emperor by Vespasian himself. He said, make a joke about me. And the man replied, I will when you have finally finished your business on the stool. <laughs> So he liked the toilet. Yes, apparently he just looked like he was on the toilet all the time. Okay, so Jamie is drawing here. That seems very muscular. Well, after what you were is saying... Is that restraining? Yeah. I'm just thinking like a godlike sort of... I uh, see. So you're going for young. Remember, he was quite old by the time he became the emperor. I'll give him flabby pecs then. Okay. <laughs> so he was 59 when he got to the throne. Well, he could be muscly 59, like a Hulk Hogan. That's true. A famous racist professional wrestler. <laughs> Interesting you've gone for that hair. Yeah, I give, I give him a skullet. Yeah. Jean-Luc Picard style. The captain from Star Trek. I haven't done that in a while. I have not done that in a while. Oh, man. And it's the same reference. <laughs> Shh. That was Jean-Luc Is that reference. like a, a scar on his head, though? No, that's where I did it wrong. The pen. Oh, right. Okay. Lost that in my hand a bit. Okay. Oh, hang on. Let me give him a scar, then. That's now a scar. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Right, you ready? Yes. There we go. Oh, same hairstyle. Same hairstyle. I'm impressed you got the same hair. Yeah. In fact, your drawing does look like a younger version of him. That's what I was going for. I was quite impressed. Go on then, explain to Um, our listeners. Yeah, so he's got the kind of skullet style. He's a wrinkly forehead. He's his age. Again, a bit like Vitalis. He's very natural looking. Not not sort of the godlike. No. I I know what you mean. Um, He looks very naturalistic. He looks honest. He looks like a real person. He does. If the person was a torso and a head. Yeah. Um, and the other one doesn't have a nose, but I'm guessing that's it fell off. Yeah, yeah, he, he's noseless. And, he looks uh, quite... Uh, yeah, I know what you mean about this, the second one. He looks more like he's sort of straining. Yeah, well, maybe he's just holding back a smile. Yeah, he does look quite jovial. He does. Almost as if he's laughing at the world, the fact he managed to become emperor. He does have an air of authority about him, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Out he of really the, does. Out of the four... Yeah, the four emperor, emperors. Yeah. He seems the most authoritative. Apart from maybe Gal, but he had an air of being strict. Yeah, terrifying. But uh, 
yeah, no, I'd, I'd say he combines Vitellius's friendliness with Galba's strictness. Yes. And Otho's, yeah, why not, let's do it-ness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that what Emperor should look like? Yeah, I'm liking it. I'm liking, I'm liking it. it. I think it works well. I um, think it works. I think I, I, think I like the naturalism. Yeah, what are you going for? The exaggeratedness. Um, eight, nine, eight. Eight. Um... I'll give him eight, I think. I, for nine, you'd have to have arms. <laughs> <laughs> Although busts don't generally have yeah. arms. No, I, I agree. Eight. I think that's a good image for an emperor. I'm going eight as well. So that's 16. 16, which divide by four is, of course, four for Imago Facius. That's not bad. Um, that, that's not bad at all. So he's um, ranking second with Galba. Yeah, he's ranking second with Galba. First is, of course, Augustus, mm -hmm. but yeah. not doing badly. Okay, right. Temple completed. Right, we've got some debate here, and you need to make the decision. Yes, we might have to coin it. The official date he becomes the emperor is the 1st of July, 69. That's when his troops first declared him em emperor. Yeah. So that's what goes down in history as the start date. Yes. However, he didn't actually overthrow Vitellius until the 22nd of December. 69. 69. Now, I personally would argue he wasn't the emperor until he overthrew the other one. Just because your troops have said you're emperor doesn't make you the emperor yet. But have we said that for the other emperors? Yes. Because Vitellius, we didn't give it until he overthrew... He well, overthrew there, then there's the answer. So we'll do that then. So we're only going to go from December, which gives him 9.5 years, which if we type that into our automatic spreadsheet, which we've now set up... Oh, do I have to make a sound effect? No, you don't. You no. just type it in. 9.5. Let's see, because I have already worked this out, but let's check if our spreadsheet works. That should give you 1.19. 1.19. Well done. Hey, our hey. spreadsheet works. Good. <laughs> well okay. done, Rob. So, and now we don't need to quickly whip out our phone to calculate his total either. No, then edit should... that out. No, you should be able to just tell me what the total <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, his total is 43.19. Oh, into the 40s. He is the second highest ranking emperor. Yeah. So far, in terms of total score. And only the second emperor to get into the 40s as well. Yes, that's true. There we Fun. go. So, a grand total of 43.19 is a good score for it's best It's a very good score. But that does not mean necessarily that he has Does they have a certain je ne sais What do we think? He has it. Oh you you're just going in you're going to no, say I'm sorry. Something. He I don't think I even I don't need to debate it. Everything we talked about he has a certain something. He's got that certain spark that makes him special. Yeah, I, I I'm seeing that. I am. Unless you can argue an, an alternate point of view. I'm I'm not as impressed with him as I thought I might be. Because mm -hmm. I know that he is considered to be one of the greats. So I was possibly expecting something a bit more. But he is still very impressive, isn't he? And he brings Rome back from the brink. He does. I yeah. I, I say he's he's done more than Otho. I mean, Otho had. Oh, yeah. He's done far more than Otho. But not only has done more, but he's got more of that spark. He's intelligent. He made good choices, he rescued the empire. I love his sense of humour as well. And and that alone. He's the Charles II of, of the Roman <laughs> yes. world. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, okay, I'm happy to go for it if you are. Brilliant, so we've decided that he has a certain Genesis. César. do, when I'm done best spacing, you go into the Colosseum that you built. Yes, um, well, yeah, Rob doesn't realise this, but every time from now on, if an emperor gets it, we've got poppers and we've got horns to blow to celebrate so this this is brilliant you actually have a bag full of poppers 
Uh, the legal right. kind. Yeah. The horns as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, well done, Vespasian. Three, two, one. Hey! Hey, well done, Vespasian. That didn't work, but well done, Vespasian. You we earned now have it. little bits of string all over the place. Yes. We're having a party. In your honour. Maybe I should get some party music to put on in the background. <laughs> yeah, okay, right, so well done. We now have a fourth member. Yeah, we do. We have a fourth member in the, the Colosseum that he built. That he built, yes. That alone means he deserves to go in there, surely. Exactly. Okay, so that's it for this week. Next week, any ideas who's going to succeed him? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Could it be? Is it going to be... Um, it's Titus, I know it's Titus. Yes, it's Titus, because this new spreadsheet we have has them all listed. Yes. Which also means we can now officially say it's definitely 83 episodes we are going to be doing. Yes, 83 episodes of Emperors. Yeah, finally worked it out. Right, so, at the end, we need to say thank you to The Rex Factor. Yes, we do. Um, a great podcast, thank you. And thank you again for allowing us to basically use your format. Um, yeah. So if you enjoy what we're doing and how we're doing it, listen to them, because they allowed us and gave us permission to do that. Um, so thank you. Yes, and thank you to um, Life of Caesar as well for supporting us like they did. And also... Yes. Thank you to LJ Trafford as well. Uh, well, well, no, thank, thank you for uh, retweeting us. Lots and lots, but also congratulations again on your book. It's looking really good and getting really, you're getting really good reviews. I know yeah. she's just finished her Otho book. Oh, has she? It's going to the editor soon to get redlined. Oh, I didn't apparently. know that. I've almost finished her first book. I'm enjoying it's it. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I you finished it. it as well? Yes, I finished oh, did it. you finish it? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm about three chapters from the end. I was reading it last night. That's good. That's yeah. good. That's good. Uh, should we get some shout-outs to some people? Yes, let's do that. Yeah. Um, should I, I'll talk about Lee first. Lee, is, um, I'm, I'm thinking he's American, um, but he said, um, I'm absolutely laughing my bleep off and learning at the same time. What could be better? Huh? Um, Thank you, and, and he says he's keeping that t clean so it doesn't affect our clean rating. That's good. And he's helping, he's getting all his friends to listen to us as well. So thank you, Lee. Thank you, good Lee. Man. We also have two reviews this <gasps> week. Two? Two reviews. Uh, All one, good. They might be in for a coin then. They might be. One from Tor Roach, titled Very Funny, five stars. Really fun and enjoyable. The two hosts have really made me laugh. Keep it going. Oh, thank you. Thank we you will. very much. We will. All 83. It was really daunting doing that spreadsheet, typing all those names in. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't there some website you just copy and paste them from? Uh, possibly, but I just typed them in, and each name I typed in, I thought, that is hours of research <laughs> <laughs> so it's all good right and mike d titled great combo of roman history and laughs five stars do you like a laugh do you like crazy ancient romans this podcast is for you if you like the life of caesar you'll love this a little more classy but of course it is they're british <laughs> plenty of laughs and great stories perfect for someone new to roman history and great fun for those of us familiar with the characters keep it up guys oh thank, thank you. you very much mike d really appreciate the reviews on itunes yeah. and if you've not yet left a review on itunes um Please do. Yeah. And uh, leave some comments on Podbean if you use Podbean. Uh, you know, give us a Twitter message if you want or Facebook message. We all really appreciate them as well. Do you want to choose who gets their coin this week out of those reviews? I I, I, I think Mike D is has got a fantastic one. So Mike D on uh, iTunes, please contact us. Um, if you give us your address, we'll post you a, a Jeanne Caesar coin. Excellent. It's a Talis Rankin coin. It'll have a line on one side and a stamp on the other. 
Um, I, I also want to say a big thank you to Greek History Podcast. He he reached the other day twenty thousand followers. Twenty thousand. That's amazing. He's doing very well. Uh, it's a great podcast. I mean, it's obviously not as good as the Romans, but it came before the Romans, so yeah, it's definitely worth it. And he's genuinely very good. He's doing really well. So well done. Yes, I'm Greek listening History to podcast. it. He's brilliant. I'm listening to it. Joe, my commute to work at the moment. Very yeah, good. Yes, it's very good. Very much in the style of Mike Duncan. So if you like the history of Rome, you will like. The history of ancient Greece. Check that out. Okay, I think that's about it, isn't it? Yeah. So, until next week, Titus. And do you know what happened in Titus's reign? I don't know. I know very little about Roman emperors. Volcano time. I'm going there this summer. Where? I go to Pompeii. Yeah, yeah. And um, Herculaneum, and they had a fantastic um, exhibition on Herculaneum and Pompeii in the British Museum. Went there a couple of years ago with a friend. It was really good. So that's what we'll be talking about next again. Yeah, oh, next week. Fantastic. <laughs> Okay, goodbye. Goodbye. This is a public service announcement. Worried about your centre? Only on their second holiday, down to their third villa? Do not worry. Introducing the new Yorin tax. From the 1st of May, you will be forced to pay tax to urinate. Let the hard-working honest people pay for the unfortunate feast-eating ruling class of society. Worried about how to pay? Don't worry, a massive gladiator will be standing next to all your animals to beat the money out of you. Urine tax. Bringing our country together for the rich. Warning, if you do not pay, you will be killed. He's, yeah. he's brought Rome back into stability. Yes, I mean, it could be Tacitus somewhat... What's the word? Over the top. Um, hyper, Exaggerates. Hyperbole. Yeah. Hyperbolizes. Hyperbolizes. Yeah. So Tacitus is somewhat hyperbole. 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 Exaggerates, I'm just going to say exaggerate. Tacitus, Tacitus um, with some exaggeration, says that the year of the four emperors could have been the last of the Roman Empire. Yeah, so a lot of hyperbole. Yes, yes there is. Um, 